HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi, I'm Harry Rosenblum, host of Feast Your Ears here on Heritage Radio Network, and we are at the Charleston Wine and Food Fest. Hopefully you've been listening in to all the great interviews we've been having here today. It's a beautiful sunny afternoon here in Charleston, and I am very pleased and honored to have a chance to sit down with Tina L. Singleton today. Uh, Tina lives in Charleston, but seems to have lived in lots of other places. (laughs) She's the founder and CEO of Transformation Table. It's a mission-based company that hosts intimate dinners among strangers in diverse communities community members' homes to share a meal to be able to break down barriers, prejudices, and stereotypes that often prevent genuine human connection. Thanks, Tina, for sitting down with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So I love the uh, idea of Transformation Table. I want to figure out how I can bring that idea back to New York, how we can do it there. Tell me a little bit, I guess, describe what Transformation Table is and how you came up with the idea. Okay. Um, Transformation Table is a space for people to connect. And the reason that I, that I started Transformation Table is because um, I worked in international development for many, many years, and food was always my way in to different communities. Sure. And so I learned a lot about people who were different from myself. Yeah. You know, different cultures, different ages, different backgrounds, different experiences. And I found that food is a really easy an interesting way to break down some of those barriers that people often often have that prevents connection. Absolutely. I mean, I think we do it a little bit without thinking about it in many cases, right? Food has become so popular. Absolutely. Blogging, social media. You go to a new city and the first thing that I ask, and I think most people ask is, where should I eat? Right? Exactly. Because you want to yes. see where the locals eat and whether that's going across the world and you're going to somewhere like Vietnam or the Middle East or whether that's me coming to Charleston from New York. Exactly. Or if you're on the street and you go to a street, a street stand, you know, and you strike up a little conversation with, with the vendor and, you know, you find out a little bit about them and their food. And yeah, it's, it's, always, it's, a, great, it's a great way to learn about people. Yeah. But I think that what you're doing also serves a need that we have in the modern age because we mm-hmm. do have all of this access, but there is a darker side to humanity and what's happening in the world. Yeah. And I think for me, what was distressing for me was that the state of our conversation these days is 
people don't know how to talk to each other anymore, you know, and I think part of it is we communicate through social media, you know, right. it's Twitter, it's Facebook, you know, it's, it's Instagram, and I think we're losing that face-to-face -face human connection where you look at someone in the eye, yeah. you know, and have a conversation with them, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's difficult to, at least for me, um, in all the different countries that I've been to, I find that it's really difficult to hate somebody when they're sitting right in front of you. Yeah, I mean, sharing you, a meal. You, yeah, you you said that in your TED talk. There's a if people mm -hmm. look online, you can find Tina did a, a TEDx talk here in Charleston um, about transformation table and creating it. And I think you say it's difficult to hate someone when you're sharing a meal. Yes, and, and I think, I think that that's, that's true. I, I agree. I agree 100. percent I think that it, it is also, I think, worth pointing out that it's hard to be checking Instagram when you have a knife and a fork in your hands. Exactly. <laughs> and your mouth is exactly. Full. And I don't, I don't, and I've never had to say, and I'm really happy to say, I've never had to ask people to lose their cell phones at a dinner. People, because I also think that people really want to connect. I mean, the one thing when I, when I ask people, you know, why they want to come to a dinner, a lot of it is, there's two reasons, two main reasons. One is that they feel that maybe they're living in a bubble and that their sphere of contact with different people, with people who are different from themselves is small. So they want to expand that. They want to hear other people's stories. They want to hear other people's experiences. And the second is um, for, I just forgot what I was gonna say. The second one is for, I forgot what I was gonna say, I'm okay. sorry. No, 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 no worries. <laughs> so, so, let, so let's talk but, about the setup of the dinners. Okay. Sure. Um, are you present at every single one? I am. Okay. I am. I kind of serve as, as chief host. Sure. <laughs> and what the, the way that it's set up is we do these dinners in different community members' homes. And it can, and the only requirement for somebody to host a dinner is to have an open heart and space for 10 people. Cool. That's it. And, and what I found is that people really want to do it. They really want to host. And for me, because Transformation Table wouldn't exist if I didn't have people that were willing to open their homes. You know, and opening your home to strangers is a very intimate act. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, bringing somebody in that you don't know, you're putting your trust in, you know, nine other people that you've never looked at before. It's a real, it's a real, um, it's a real test, yeah. you know, of faith. And I think it's a really courageous thing as well. So... You need a space so, with room yeah, for ten space people, for room for 10 and, people, and that's one person who needs to volunteer to do that. Yes, and then you have someone who volunteers to host. Well, that's the host. Yeah, oh, the person. Sorry, that's the yeah, host. the per the people host, and then I generally, I generally kind of facilitate conversation. Okay, you know, um, and then in terms of the food, I um, use I have chefs and home cooks. I use both chefs and home cooks from different countries. And the reason that I focused on international food is A, because of my international background. Um, I just love international food. And I think in this day and age, again, where immigrants are vilified and demonized, um, they're such a part of our community, yeah. you know, in so many different ways. And for me, focusing on that was a way to celebrate our community and the diversity of our community, the global diversity of our community to me, that was a, that was a really that was really important. It's kind of my statement that no, everyone is a member of our of our community. Right. You know, and also too, it just gives you a really wonderful culinary experience. Right. Sure. You know, by experiencing a meal from a different country that maybe you've never been to, you know, that you want to experience and you experience it in this home by someone who who's making you know who's from the country. Right. You know, so they talk about their food story. Um, I always have them talk about their food story, how they learned how to cook. Uh, if there's particular ingredients that they used, 
um, you know, that are special to the country. They talk about that. They talk about the meal. And then and then we sit around and, and we talk. Now, something I want to identify about this that, that struck me as being very interesting is that the person hosting and inviting people into their home is not the same person as the person who's cooking the food, correct? No, no. Everybody has a, their, their, their distinct roles. Right. You know? And, and yeah. I think that's really important. I, I think that, you know, it's one thing to say have a dinner party. And I know there are platforms that connect mm-hmm. people who are, say, you know, inviting people over as if it's sort of an underground restaurant kind of right. a scene where right. the person who's hosting is also cooking. Right. But I think that with Transformation Table, what it is really allowing for is for the people at the table to talk to one another and for the host to be a host, right? I mean, there is a role to hosting mm-hmm. without the added pressure of hosting and cooking Not and inviting everyone into your house, right? That's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. And and me, I can't even imagine. I mean, I've done dinner parties before, but for me, you know, managing 10 people that I don't know, because a lot of the people, the people that come to the dinners, I don't know them. Right, sure. You know, with some of the, a lot of people that host, um, I may have just met and said, hey, you know, they hear about Transformation Table and they say, oh, I'd really love to host. You know, so a lot of these people I don't know. So for me, my role is to kind of facilitate that interaction, you know, but among, among these strangers. Right, right, yeah. of course. And then do the people who are coming, right, they also don't know one another. So no. it's not like a group of four come and another group of four and a group of two. Everybody is a stranger to Every, one another. Everybody's a stranger normally. Now, Charleston's sure. not, you know, Charleston is a certain size. <laughs> right. So when I first, I think the first couple of times I did a dinner, you know, I, it might have been the first time I was really excited. I thought, oh, I'm going to get all these strangers together. And of course, there were, you know, a couple of people that knew each other. And I was like, oh, man. Right. But, um, but and which is fine. But because because also, too, what I found is that even if there were people there that happened to know each other, it was very peripheral. You know, it was maybe right. they met them in a meeting or they met them, you know, professionally, but they've not had an intimate experience with them right. in terms of sharing a meal. So yeah. for me, it was fine. I was like, okay, you know, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, they, it's it, everybody doesn't doesn't know each other. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I think it's it just it sounds like such a great way to spend a meal. Um, especially when you think about the fact that people often are now, you know, statistics show that people are eating alone a lot yes. or eating yes. at home or eating at their desk and yes. all of those kinds of things. Yes. And, and really having, you know, being able to have that sort of clear uh, connection. So you moved around a lot, right? You grew up in, the, in the military. You were yes, a military my, kid. my dad was in the Air Force and yes, I'm a, I'm a military brat. <laughs> so, I mean, do you think that that moving around a lot, uh, you know, added to the ease with which you could put something like this together because you're comfortable talking to people when absolutely. you come to a new place? Absolutely. I, yes, I'm an Air Force brat, and then I also worked in international development for over 20 years. So I went, you know, worked, in many, worked and lived in many different countries, and you can't have a job like that and not be, and not be able to talk to people. Right. You know, and also being, you know, an Air Force brat, you know, you move around, and you're not going to have friends unless you talk to people. You know, so it's really out of necessity. But through that experience, I learned how to move in and out of different communities. And I right. learned how to be comfortable with people who were very, very different from myself. Are there other places that you have lived where like, you could identify that Transformation Table is something that is like more necessary than other places? Or do you feel like it's just something that hopefully will spread around the world and we can Honestly, all get closer Honestly, my desire and my goal would be for Transformation Table to be all over the world. And I would love to see Transformation Table in every village, every city, every town across the globe. I mean, I I think it's a great goal and I think it's totally achievable, right? I mean, we're talking about people getting together in person who Mm -hmm. are strangers and we have all the tools at our fingertips to connect with strangers 
through social media and through the internet to put these things together. Absolutely. And I think too, the, the only thing that is required is that you have to be intentional. You know, because it's not going to happen on its own. Right. So you need to say, okay, this is what I want. This is what I want the table to look like. And I'm very intentional with with the people around the table, you know. So yeah. I look at all different types of diversity, you know, not just racial and ethnic. But, sure. you know, here in Charleston, you know, there's a lot of transplants, you know. Yep. There's a lot of locals. So I make sure, you know, at every dinner that we have locals and transplants. Because right. I think, and I'm a transplant, you know. And, and I think it's very important for us as transplants to understand our impact on the city, you know. So we so we have an opportunity to talk about all kinds of different all kinds of different issues. Yeah. As we're sitting here talking, it's International Women's Day. Yes, makes me think a lot about my mom, yes. who's not with us anymore. Yeah. And she and actually in, in this conversation now with you, what I'm realizing is that is there's a there's an interesting I guess I'm drawing a connection in my mind mm-hmm. between transformation table and trying to expand this around to the consciousness raising uh, movement of the 70s which my mother was a part of Mm. where women got together and it was this idea that groups of women would come together in their communities who didn't know one another and they then formed these strong bonds because they would meet with each other I think it was once a month and it was at a different person's house every time and one of the rules was that they weren't allowed to cook because of the (laughs) the time period and that you know cooking was mostly performed by women in the home at that time this was supposed to be sort of an escape from that and men were not allowed the men were supposed to leave the house if, if there I were like men that. in the house and they were going to meet him. My mom always called it the Entenmann's group because that was they ate Entenmann's cookies, oh, Entenmann's it. Bakery That's in great. New York. But, you know, that was a movement that I think was somewhat short-lived. I mean, I, I mentioned it to people and I don't think it's that well-known, but for me it was really well-known because my mother developed these lifelong friendships with women that she met because they all got together. In her case, it was in White Plains, New York at the Westchester right. County Center. Right. And there was a lady holding up a sign with her town. And oh everybody gosh. who was in the town like went over to the person with the sign, introduced themselves, and then they started on their way in, love as, in this group that lasted for years in my mom's case. That's great. So I feel like That's this really is kind of an extension of that idea. Yeah. And, and I think the thing for me is, you know, people ask me a lot of times, you know, well, what's the agenda? You know, what are you going to talk about? Which everybody always wants to know, right? <laughs> and so for me, I, always, I don't have an agenda. Right. And I always tell everybody there is no agenda because what I don't want to happen is for people to come already thinking about what they're going to talk about and what they want to say. Right. Right. So and what what position they're taking on what issue and all of that. So there is no agenda for me. My biggest agenda is that people connect. Right. You know, I feel like people look at each other and people talk and people hear and listen to each other because I don't I think we're losing that ability to listen to each other, you know, without automatically thinking about how we're going to respond, you know, to something, you know, just sitting and listening and taking in what is being heard and taking in that person's story and that person's experience, you know, and, and what I found is that it's those little conversations that I think and that I've seen that have a big impact. Hmm. I mean, the agenda is getting people to the table. Yes. And then that is, takes it from there. Can it you does. can you give a specific example of a, of a connection that was made between two people at one of the dinners? Sure. Um, actually, one that I think about a lot because it was it was just so interesting. And I just sat there going, wow, this is really interesting. Um, I recently had a dinner. I think it was my November dinner. And there were our host actually was from Italy and her husband was from Sweden. And there was, you know, we were a very diverse table and there was an African-American woman that was there who has a son and children. And 
um, the host was saying was mentioning that her daughter is was dating an African wanted to date an African American boy at her school, and the host was saying. You know, she didn't understand. And the mother called. The mother of the son called her and said, are you okay with this? And she couldn't understand why she, her, the mother called. Because she said, well, of course I am. Right. You know? And so she asked, you know, I don't. why is this a big deal? And the African-American mother, who had an African-American 16-year-old son, said, this is why... You know, she kind of explained to her the dynamics of interracial dating here in Charleston and, and in the South, yeah. you know. And so, you know, this woman who's from Italy and has a very different concept about race, right, than we do. I'm watching these two mothers, you know, of teenage children um, that are that are connecting and talking about dating. And so it was really interesting to watch this, this African-American mother telling this Italian woman, well, this is, this is why this is important. This is why this, this mother called you, yeah. you know? And so she ended up understanding going, okay, I get it. You know, I understand that. So for me, that's what it's about. It's like right. those little conversations that happen that just breaks open that low, a different level of understanding. Absolutely. And, and it's that connection over food that is incredible and is so important because if those two people were standing in line together at the coffee shop, the likelihood that that conversation would have come up or that they would have been willing to share things that are very personal exactly. and very, you know, and, and so intense is very unlikely. Yeah. We just had a dinner two weeks ago and we featured Afghan food. And one of the reasons that I always like to feature Afghan food, one is that I lived and worked in Afghanistan for six years. So I, it's near and, near and dear to my heart, the country is. And also I want to give people a different perspective of the country because all you hear and see in the media is the Taliban and you know explosives and suicide bombers and all of that and so you know for me it's important to show a different a different side yeah now what happened at that dinner because we had Afghan food and and we had an Afghan chef Fauzi who's a very dear friend um, one of her helpers um, was with us and we end she ended up telling the table about her father being killed by a missile in the 90s when the Taliban you know was in was in was in power and she shared what her family went through and she shared you know the fact that you know her mother was left with four children to raise right. you know um, one son and the rest daughters she talked about how she ended up having to learn how to drive being a female wow. because her mother um, the son was going to have to go to work and if there wasn't anybody else there to drive they would be stuck so she's telling us this really very, very personal, intimate story, and she's crying. And everybody, I mean, you could have heard a pin drop, you know? And for me, I just thought, okay, here are all these people around the table. A few of us, there was one of, actually one of the hosts had, was a, had been a Peace Corps volunteer there. But everybody else didn't have an idea about Afghanistan, right? But they're hearing this very personal story from this woman, this Afghan woman. And for me, I just thought, okay, so the next time that these people around this table hear about the Taliban, hear about Afghanistan, they're going to think about that woman's story. And there's now a human face on yep. that issue. Yep. And so for me, that's what it's about as well. You know, putting a human face on, on issues that, you know, are sometimes not always shown in multiple, you know, in multiple lights. And and then they're going to recount that story, right? Because they are now yes. 
only one degree of separation from that. So exactly. that when someone is talking about Afghanistan, when someone is talking about what happened there, and perhaps, you know, is only doing that based on what they've seen in the media, exactly. then that person who was present has a, an opportunity to say, well, wait a minute, I met someone, I heard their story, that's not, you know, that what they told me I know to be true, what you're talking about maybe is a little bit... Exactly, exactly. And we've had, we had dinner at a Muslim couple's home, and we had this really interesting conversation about the difference between Islam and Christianity. Right. And people asked questions that I think in different circumstances, maybe people would have said, well, why are you asking that question? And maybe would have been very judgmental about those questions. But for me, it's important to create space for people to be able to ask those questions yeah. without fear of judgment. Right. You know, so they can open up and say, okay, so I don't understand. What's the difference between Islam and Muslim? You know, what's the difference between this? And people, and, and you know, people explained. Right. You know, so there's kind of like a, also, you know, a clarification about, yeah. okay, so this is what Islam is. This is what it isn't. You know, so um, again, for me, it's those little conversations that happen yeah. that I think just break, that just expands people's minds and just makes people think differently about people that they see in their community. Do you find that people also talk about common interests like sports or yeah, like local politics? We that do connect them because they are all living in the same place we do yeah. i mean i think what inevitably comes up of course here in charleston a lot of times is race you know yeah. race comes up a lot uh gentrification comes up a lot because it's a huge issue here yeah it seems like and i mean i've only been in town for 24 hours but it yes, seems like it exactly it's a huge issue so we do end up talking about those important issues you know and then sometimes we'll just talk about funny things yeah. you know so it's not always serious i yeah. really i really let it let it be organic and i find that we end up talking, whatever we talk about ends up being what we should be talking about with that particular group of people around right. the table, right. you know? So you don't have to have an agenda because the people around the table make the agenda. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Tina, I really enjoyed having you here and coming into the studio and, and talking today. Um, I really want to come to a Transformation Table dinner sometime. I, would I don't know if we know each you. other too much now that I'm like not no, really a stranger. No, no, invited. Uh, but I would love to. <laughs> and and I look forward to, you know, I would love to talk more off air about like how I can take this concept and bring it back to New York and help spread it. People can Absolutely. learn more about it at transformationtable.com. Yes. Um, and I recommend that everybody look up uh, the TEDx talk that you did here. Uh, if you do a Google search for Tina Singleton, TEDx, Charleston, you'll oh, find it you. and people should listen to it. It, it goes more in-depth and there's a very intense story about your time in Afghanistan right. and a restaurant there that where there was a bombing and yes. things like that. So yes. thank you so much well, for coming. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It was, for, it was fun. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.